0: Standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two,
1: one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans.
0: Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP,
1: it's so good to hear
0: you back on the air. Standby. Now here's JP. All
2: right, welcome into a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Ninety-eight days till the kickoff to the NFL football season. It's Tampa Bay, baby. We really don't care about the NBA Finals that much. We're just, we'd much rather talk about football, college football, pro football, Rays, but we'll get to the NBA Finals in a little bit, because that was, as expected, a mismatch last night. Welcome into the show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, com, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. In our first hour, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Nick Geddes is here. I'm back in studio. Feels weird. I mean, what is this place?
1: I know. I, this is the longest I've gone without seeing you in a long yeah. time. It's been seven yeah. days. It's been seven days? It's been seven days. Oh, my God. Wow.
2: Well, it's, you know, it's good that I can traverse the world, You know, go cover the <laughs> Rays in Chicago. See
1: those experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: see those experiences. Still be with you people <laughs> on a daily basis. So, yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be different ports of call over the summer coming up. I think I might be emanating from Vegas for the – in fact, I am definitely going to the match. Uh, courtesy of my good friend Jason Romano, Who, whose company puts on the match. Who's that
1: is in the match? I totally missed that. That is that uh,
2: Mahomes and Kelsey versus Steph Curry and Clay Thompson.
1: <laughs> oh, so we have no. We're just moving away from regular golf, real golfers.
2: Yeah, just screw real golfers. We're just okay. going all all uh, other golfers, which is fine. Well, first of all, um, obviously Mahomes can play, and Steph Curry is a, a scratch golfer. He's damn near a pro anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going for the party anyway. I ain't going for the golf. <laughs> I know <so>. you are. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, so yeah, we'll be there. Probably spend a couple of days in North Carolina. Um, I think if we have a trip to Hollywood uh, lined up this summer, and maybe some other ports of call. We we shall see. But um, no, no overseas trips, as far as I can see, in the in the very near future. So, um, but well, it's it's great to, to have the technology that we can do that and uh, be all over the world. So that's that's kind of cool. We're gonna get into Um, We're going to get into a discussion I kind of teased yesterday on uh, the Buccaneers and how they make it back to the Super Bowl. Like, what if you were to look into the future, into your crystal ball, what would you see? What would a Super Bowl team look like for the Buccaneers? Who would be the head coach? We'll have some real fun with this. Who would be the quarterback? Do we even know who that quarterback is? What is the pathway right now for the Bucs to return? to the Super Bowl? I think it's kind of interesting. Do they have, and, and here's the big question, do they have the bones, the structure right now, in order to make that happen? Or is there going to, be, have to have to be some incredible serendipity come their way for them to get a, you know, a, a franchise quarterback or something like that? So we'll kind of throw around some ideas, and you can start thinking about them in your head. Like, is there, you know, do the Bucks currently have the head coach that's going to take them to the Super Bowl? Quick answer, No. Um, do they have a quarterback on their roster right now? Quick answer is I don't know, but I don't think so. Um, so, and, But there's a lot of other things that have to happen. So we'll get into that discussion a little bit. The Rays start a big series against the Red Sox because every series is a big series, but this one especially. Up in Boston, you're going from Wrigley Field to Fenway Pack. I mean, that's a nice double dip there. Those are probably the two most... Well, I don't think there's even probably about it. Those are the those are the two oldest parks, the quirkiest. I don't know if Wrigley's quirky
1: you can, as much. You can, you can go ahead and call it my word. You can go ahead and use it. No, I would never. That's, you you go not ahead gonna and going to it. emanate from my mouth. You could say it. No, no, well, you you have well, to say, I'll it, say it. I we're, won't do it. We're jumping from one Mickey ballpark to the other before we finally get home to the friendly confines of Tropicana Field. Can't wait. Which you cannot
2: wait. Which you absolutely. Uh, I don't know what's fact, a great word for this that you mistakenly refer to
1: <laughs> as. America's ballpark. Yeah, and you know Although it's then I, did,
2: I did say, yeah, you're right, because it's, it's, it's cheesy, dysfunctional.
1: You know it's going to be really funny? Screwed up. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to love. Full of stupid signs. You're going to love next week, actually, or the week after, rather, when you look at the race schedule coming up, because after this, this series against Boston, they come home for a little bit and then guess the two series on the road after. You want to talk about contrasting ballparks? Uh, where are we going to the Marlins? We're going to Oakland uh. for that dump for four <laughs> games. And then they go to San Diego. So I mean, you talk about a contrast of where they're going to be heading wow. here.
2: It, it's really like, you, Tropicana Field is, is horrible for so many reasons. But, you know, it, they've made it's a it. Bit extreme. They've embraced the horror. If, okay. If, if Tropicana Field is horrible,
1: Jeez. then what is Oakland? Ugh,
2: horrendous. What's worse, <laughs> uh, Oakland is just like the the only thing they have better than Tropicana <laughs> Field is real grass and sunshine. Um, mm. That's it that i mean that, that
1: is i mean they don't maintenance it though
2: yeah for exactly for years and years like the bathrooms don't even work
1: did you did you even see i guess like they don't i guess company. they uh, they don't employ security either did you see the the Why guy it was There's there nobody there pre- <laughs> do they need
2: security there
1: 15 minutes before <laughs> they don't have uh, any
2: famous players <clears throat> to worry about well true <laughs> it's like they have security keeping people in is it like a <laughs> police state did you see the clip I mean, the other day we, what are we talking about
1: like 15 minutes before first pitch a fan jumps the railing yeah. and takes a whole sprint a nice stroll around. Around the bases. And he wasn't like sprinting. It was just like a nice little jog around the bases. He's like saying hello to players. And not one piece of security like went after this guy. No tasers, nothing. Jumped right back in the stands and sat in a seat.
2: Well, it is the Bay Area. You know, you can pretty much walk into any, you know, shop you want in San Francisco and fill up a duffel bag Uh. of whatever you want. And, and just walk out.
1: On top of that. So
2: people felt well, I guess I could just walk on the field too. Yeah, I don't think they actually have any policemen whatsoever in the Bay Area whatsoever. So you on, can
1: on top of you that, could probably go yet. out and
2: play second base for half an inning and no one would really care or know the difference.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's pretty good. On top of that too, you saw too this whole plan for them to move to Vegas, they're gonna have to play four more years in that in that Coliseum. Yeah, it's Four bad. more years.
2: They, Vegas has a really really nice AAA stadium there already they, they
1: need to overtake that
2: yeah they just why not just move there you know move there you know spruce it up as best you can that's what they should do
1: think about that Seriously. that's four year that's four more years of ownership yeah. not investing a dime into your team
2: or your stadium
1: or your stadium and yeah, then, baseball can't have that they can't have no that. way they can't have that.
2: Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? You'd actually get more fans in that minor league ballpark. They get in Vegas. outdrawn
1: by yeah that yeah. Vegas team.
2: Yeah, they they you would that that's just stupid. Why would you stay in Oakland for for a day longer? Yeah, it's a much put nicer Put those stadium. fans
1: through all that. Yeah, well, what it's fans? Racist.
2: You know, why should they have any fans? They, they shouldn't have any fans. The, the ownership doesn't care about the team. The the not lo- the
1: fans problem.
2: The locality doesn't care about the stadium. You know, it's just yeah. Uh, it, why would they? So. No, we're, we're in much better position yeah. than them, so we'll,
1: we'll be fine. And one more thing to set up the show, by the way. Luke Easterling from oh, yeah, Alphonse yeah, Sports yeah. is going to join us at 11 o'clock. He wrote, a, he wrote a column this morning titled Why Baker Mayfield's Bucks Can Be Better Than Tom Brady's from 2022. And he's listed his reasons, he's outlined it, and a lot of it is pretty much verbatim to what we've been talking about on mm-hmm. this show. Yes. So excited. Not verbatim,
2: to... like he plagiarized. It, no, he no. He's... Luke is super smart. <clears throat> He's super smart. He gets it. He gets it, and he under—he doesn't fall prey to national narratives um, like many locally here do. Um, he thinks on his own, and he can see what a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but <laughs> what, what what some people locally here in the know know. So, and, and again, we're not we're not sitting here saying the, the the Bucks are winning the Super Bowl, and neither is Luke. It's just saying that this whole national narrative that because Tom Brady is gone that the Bucks are going to suck, if you actually watch the tape last year and understand what's happening here, you understand that the dysfunction of last year is the biggest reason this team was not good. And that dysfunction is now, for the most part, gone. Um, you know, and, and I think, to be fair to Todd Bowles, well, it, you know, to me, it was of Todd Bowles's making to some degree because he didn't fire Byron Lefwich, refused to fire him. Um, so you got to You know you're the head coach. You got to take. Uh, you got to take the blame for that. And it was clearly dysfunctional on so many levels. But you know, Todd Bowles is probably already saying, also saying, well, what are we going to, you know, come in here and make a brand new system because the system was so broken. You know, a new coordinator probably wouldn't have made that much difference. But I still would have fired him just because you know it's accountability. If if, if the rest of the people in your building and it was clear that Harold Godwin and everybody else was saying, hey, look, yeah, we have the plays to call. The offense coordinator's not calling them. And, and Todd Bowles basically said the same thing in some press conferences because they could no longer beat around the bush. What was, was clearly uh, the issue is that the, the offense was ridiculously predictable, completely stale. Everybody knew what was going on, and it wasn't, it wasn't ever going to get any better. And at that point, that's why you had to fire somebody. But I get it. It is what it is. And I hopefully he learned from that. Hopefully he learned from that. And I do think the offense will be better. The offense will be better. The defense, I think, should be better because of, you know, for health reasons, you know, getting Shaq back. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Logan Hall getting bigger and making more of an impact um, you know a Coladjucancy has to make a big impact if this team is going to be better. you know Devin White is the big linchpin as well. What is he going to do? Is he going to pout and be immature, or is he going to make his amends to his teammates and come back and ball out and get his money? I would hope it would be the latter, but you don 't know you don 't know um, you know and if that 's the case if he if he 's going to be an issue, do you just move on from him and just install uh Cervasier and you know, and 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 start building for the future there, which might not be a bad idea. So look, and so Luke will be on and, and join us uh, at eleven o'clock, and we'll uh, we'll chat through. his. and if you want to go read his <laughs> article, did we retweet it? If we didn't, we will. Yeah, I'll pump it uh, out. Yeah. It's also on Athlon Sports if you want to go check that out. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll 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 begin because it is the biggest story nationally. We'll, uh, just quickly through last night's Game One of the NBA Finals. Um, it's everything I thought it would be uh, boring, <laughs> because the Nuggets are just way better than the Heat, and Nikola Jokic is is just incredible. He's incredible to watch, and not from a spectacular standpoint, but just from a understanding the game, the ability to pass in close quarters, seeing the game. Uh, so much faster and better than anybody else does, making everyone else around him. He only attempted five shots in the first three quarters, and he dominated the game. He dominated the game with his presence. I think he's an underrated defender. How many times the Heat have to change their shots at the rim? I think is something that that jumped out at me last night. The Nuggets themselves, as a team, are just so much bigger than Miami. Uh, I don't think Miami can handle their physicality. And the thing about Joker is. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Miami missed a lot of open threes. They did. They did. But, you know, Joker didn't even need to take over the game offensively because his other players, Jamal Murray, uh, Porter, everybody else was doing what they should be doing. They were hitting outside shots. They're doing what they need to be doing. The the Nuggets defense is excellent. Um, And, you know, did listen, Miami missed a lot of wide open threes. I'm not saying that's Denver's defense. But if you're going to be missing threes, as a defense, what you should do is pack it in. Mm-hmm. Let them shoot until they get hot from the outside. And let them shoot. Like you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind giving up open threes when guys are missing them. And there's no reason you should be out there chasing and, and opening up, you know, passing lanes in the middle when guys aren't knocking down threes. And when I, if Miami does start knocking down threes, the Denver will adjust their defense and 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 we'll see what happens. But Jokic didn't even have to score at the Cup, and I feel like he can get his shot anytime he wants against Adebayo and make as many shots as he wants. So that will be a further adjustment if they, if Miami does something to take away his passing lanes. I think they have an answer to anything Miami could throw at him
1: Yeah, Jokic to me, self, you know what, selfless superstar. He took three shots in the first half. I had to like double-check that yesterday. Crazy. He took three shots in the first half. That we made all of them, of course. 10 assists, like, he just, he runs the point, he is this the unquestion, he's like, I know Murray's the point guard, but Jokic is basically the de facto point guard on that team, he runs the whole show, and again, once again, it's like every night, does this guy have an off game? Does he ever have an off game? No, because... And he quietly, I'd argue, put up 27 last night. Yeah. Ended up with 27 27. and 14 and 10, he gets another triple-double, so efficient, Gives you forty minutes. Like he's hustling. His defense is massive. Who said this guy couldn't play defense? I don't. I don't get that. His his, his defense, in my opinion, I'm not saying he's an all world defender or anything, but I think he's a little bit more than competent. Way, way more. Way than, more than competent. Yeah. Whereas I look at the other guy across from him, Bam Adebayo, who's supposed to be one of the better defenders, and I just simply have not seen that from him in the last two series. Well, he just can't. He can't defend Jokic. It's, there's just too much. There's nothing you can do. Remember, remember after game one against the Lakers when they made a little switch? I think it was Hachimura that might have been yes, covering yep, them, and they're yep. like, oh, we figured it out. We know how to stop <laughs> No, you didn't. No, you and didn't. no, you don't. There's no stopping Nikola Jokic, and it's because of what I've been saying. He is one of one. He is so unique. There's nothing like him in this league. This is not another slashing guard that you can take him away from the paint, force him to take threes if he's not a good shooter. You can't, you can't do anything to stop the guy. I mean in his distribution skills it's just it's the best I've ever seen from the center position and the depth they have on that lineup Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon was like the best player they had in the first quarter it's like it was a different best player every single quarter it felt like for Denver mm-hmm. and for Miami <clears throat> story of the game how the mighty fall real quick Caleb Martin goes from being potentially should have won Eastern Conference Finals MVP he scored 130 points on 60% shooting in that seven-game series. One of six players ever to do that, by the way. Right. And all the other guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he not, comes back yesterday and records three points, one to seven from the field. Max Struess, 0 for 10. Oh, who for let her. who let this man shoot nine threes yesterday and make none of them? The Nuggets. So there you go. <laughs> They're like, what is, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. Just keep King there you Super. go. Those guys played a combined 46 minutes last night yeah. and went three points and one of seventeen from the field. There you go. Well, Story there, of the game for Miami.
2: And there is some hope on the horizon. Tyler Hero is expected <laughs> to play in game two on Sunday. And again, you, you can sit there and say, well, they let you know they missed all these open threes. Well, they they were allowing them to take them because they were missing them. You know? I it, I wondered, and I don't know if anybody's asked this question. You know, at altitude,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the golf ball flies ten percent farther. And I know that that's outside, and there's it's more controlled inside, but it's still fifty two thousand, fifty two hundred feet. It's a mile high. Does the basketball cut through the air easier in in that arena? Therefore, because if your if your shots off by a smidge, even a smidge, even if it's off by three three to five percent in terms of depth, right? for, you know. It's, it's going to miss. I wonder if, that, if there's any data out there as far as shooting percentages for teams that come up to that altitude, especially three-point shooting teams. I don't know if anybody's ever done. I'm sure there's a nerd out there somewhere that, is, that has done this, this, uh, this type of data. But I just wondered, like, does that affect your shot? Because it affects how a golf ball – like you have to use different clubs at altitude in, in, in golf than you do at sea level. So I'm just wondering if that throws their shot. Whatever, Miami was no good uh, from, from deep. So, I, you know, I think Miami does have the fortitude, and these games are so spread out that they can get, you know, they'll probably be more used to the altitude in game two, kind of like the Lightning were when they played up uh, uh, up in, uh, yeah. in Colorado. So I think game two could be a, a, a much more competitive well, game because well, last night's was not.
1: Well, see, I actually went into last night thinking maybe that was going to be Miami's best chance to steal a yeah. game yeah. because Denver had a nine-day layoff. Yeah. And I think, like, in the playoffs, and this kind of goes into, like, the NHL as well, which starts tomorrow, the finals, where I think Florida might struggle because – or at least I think Florida could struggle because they have a long layoff now. Yeah. Whereas it's – and they've been so hot. It's like, okay, now we sit for a little bit and we've got to digest coming off this big high. Can we keep that going now or is this layoff going to affect us? I thought potentially – Maybe that could have happened to Denver last night, and Miami could take advantage of the momentum that they were carrying in, but you know momentum. Some some people will tell you it exists, some people will tell you that once a series ends, it's over. Or some will tell you right after a game, it's over from there, right?
2: Yeah, I did see a number on this note, Nicky numbers, um, that teams with like seven days rest or more going into the finals were 8-1 and one in Game 1. 8-1,
1: eight, huh? eight
2: and one in Game 1. So... Uh, the rest is, is more important than the rust when it, oh. comes to the, it comes to the NBA. At least that's what the data shows us. Every series is different. But um, I, you know, I thought to some degree that could be because nine days is a long time it is. to not play a game. But they were ready. But I think this is why Denver is so consistently good. Because if their outside shooting is not there, then Jokic can take over in the, in the paint. Aaron Gordon can take over and play. Porter can take over. and They, they have varied games. If they, they can beat you from the outside. With Jamal Murray uh, and 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 some of the other shooters that they have, they can uh, Caldwell Pope. They can beat you in so many different ways. They're varied, and if one thing is not working, and then you have a a conductor of the orchestra, so to speak, in Jokic, who is you know maybe the best playmaker to ever play the game, and I think and that, and that's saying something when you talk about you know the Magic Johnsons and the Steve Nashes and the and the Bob Cousies. Uh, and, and the John Stocktons of the world. I mean, he is—he's just a different type of playmaker mm-hmm. that we've never seen before. <clears throat> I think, of, you know, uh, you know Vita Sabonis was probably a little bit before your time, um, but he was as close to Jokic as I as I've ever seen. Just a humongous big body, varied inside game, great understanding of the game, tremendous passer. He was, I mean, he was amazing. But Jokic just takes it to another level.
1: Yeah, and I've been trying to figure out, you know, where I put this guy in like a historical context because the center position is just loaded with... Let it breathe. What do you mean let it breathe? Let it breathe. We
2: don't have to do that. He's five (coughs) years in, right?
1: He's more than five years in.
2: Five years... He's about
1: seven. He's seven years in.
2: Okay, five years of being a factor in this league. I I think the first couple years we didn't really... Since he understood how to figure out this game, Um, As, what, the 41st overall pick?
1: He was was infamously drafted during a Taco Bell commercial.
2: (laughs) How appropriate. How appropriate. Dong. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's – it's it's amazing how we – we never saw this coming. And they were playing some of the clips of him when he was coming out. And he was a big, you know, gangly, awkward dude. And he has developed into just this ridiculously special player. And it's, <laughs> it is a great study in how to win a championship because yep. nobody saw this coming.
1: And if he wins, he gets into my, he gets into my superstar tier. I talked about this this week because we I had this discussion this week after the Celtics lost the series because mm-hmm. everybody loves to just call Jason Tatum a superstar. It's like if you score 25 points a game, you automatically recall call you a superstar. right? And I flat out disagree with that. I said that there's five superstars that are in the NBA over the course of their career achievements. That was my opinion on that. Okay. And I said that was LeBron, Steph, KD, Giannis, and Kawhi. Those were my five superstars of the NBA for a career. And I got pushed back for putting Kawhi in there, but in my opinion, he cemented his legacy yeah. four years ago yeah. with what he did in Toronto. I don't really care what he does for the rest of his career. Jokic wins this title. He is superstar number six. And conversely, if Jimmy Butler wins a title, he will be superstar number six. And I don't care if anybody pushes back on that. Because it's about winning. Because it's about winning. It's about winning. And those two guys, for what they've done in this postseason, to me, they're in a battle of who's going to get into my superstar tier. And ultimately, I think it's going to be Nicole Jokic. I know you're telling me to let it breathe a little bit on his career.
2: Yeah, it's eight years <clears> in. He's eight years it's in. It's eight years
1: in, but yeah. my goodness. And that's the scary thing. What is he, 28 years old?
2: I was, trying, I was trying to see that. Uh, yeah, 28. 28.
1: 28 years old yeah. with a core that's going nowhere. Uh, I don't think Denver's done winning after this season by any stretch of the Six imagination. Ele- he's
2: officially listed at 6'11, 284. The di- dad bod, god bod, was that, was that what they call him?
1: Is that a dad bod? That's just full on, like, I don't want to use the word. What? Fat. You think he's fat? No, he's not fat. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to use the word fat, but I wouldn't yeah. call it dad-bought. It's somewhere in the middle of those.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he dad's 6'11", 285. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this year he averaged 24 points, 11.8 rebounds, and almost 10 assists a game. So almost he almost averaged a triple-double. He had 9.8 assists, and that was in the regular season. And at 28 years old, I think he probably has what? Five more year, five to seven more years of, of his prime, Yeah, the way he I plays think. the game. You know, five to seven more years of, of, of prime. How many more championships can, can Denver win? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't want to start. And they haven't won one yet.
1: It's a hard discussion. You know, we haven't one yet. How many teams have we done this with before? They come right. along and we're all yeah. like, yeah, they're going to win titles for years to come. And then what happens? They, they win zero or they win one. Yeah. So it's hard. To, I'm just saying they're going to be in contention for it for the next five to seven years.
2: Can I just ask you one question here? Go ahead. How ridiculous do the NBA riders look right now?
1: <clears throat> what do you mean?
2: Giving jo- Joel Embiid the MVP.
1: Oh, it's, How ridiculous do it's, they look? It's the biggest farce I think I've seen in MVP voting. You all
2: should be ashamed of yourselves. You should be ashamed of yourselves for what you did. Stole an MVP from this man.
1: <laughs> it, it's up there with Steve Nash winning back-to-back MVPs for having just normal point guard numbers while Kobe's dropping like 35 a a game in a season. It's up there with that.
2: Yeah, I I, I saw Steve Nash winning one. I'm like, let's give him a nod for the just ridiculous numbers he's putting up. And then I'm like, two? I don't know about all that. Um, Yeah, but they should just be completely ashamed of themselves at this point. because
1: It's voter fatigue. Yeah, There's a re- a, that's what it is. It's the reason why LeBron hasn't won an MVP in like 11 years. It's a reason they because they got, they the reason Aaron
2: Judge won the MVP last year, the most valuable player last year, is Shohei Otani fatigue. You can't argue if you're a dominant pitcher and a dominant Ohtani hitter. Ohtani was
1: not the MVP last year. We're I got news for you. For
2: you. He, well, he should be every year. <laughs> as long as he plays a full season and, and starts 25 games and hits the way he hits, The yeah, just give it to him. So give it to him. He's two players in
1: one. No, just screw everybody else, yeah, right? Sorry, judge, judge, judges on pace to hit sixty-three this I don't year. I not nah, screw it. I don't care. I don't care. It
2: also hurts Otani that the team just can't win, like so bad. Like, how can you not?
1: Well, they're thirty and
2: twenty-eight. In they're better this year, but I mean, Jiminy Christmas. You got to figure out a way with those with those two players right there to do something to be competitive in baseball, for God's sakes. Um, all right, some of the comments coming in here, and then we'll we'll move on <laughs> to the Bucks. Um, yeah, we, we do talk NBA here, but rarely, um, and only during the finals. Um, R.J. Martin, you guys are a- absolutely <coughs> taking mushrooms. America's ballpark. Well, yeah, like I said, just completely dysfunctional and broken down. <laughs> I heard anybody over 120 pounds had a hard time squeezing into a seat in Fenway. They're small. They're small. That's a beautiful thing about Wrigley. Wrigley has been completely redone. They kept all the old world charm, but it has all the amenities of a new stadium. That's the beauty. That's how you do it. And they've built up all that stuff around it and even underneath it. The bathrooms. Oh my God, the bathrooms at Wrigley? Oh geez, it's like a five star hotel. <laughs> it's beautiful woodworking and oh my god, it's fantastic. Um, you don't mean you
1: don't you don't mind you think that's an upgrade over the truck <laughs> which doesn't have the dividers over them?
2: No. Yes, <laughs> I think that's a little bit. Uh yes, um, Bad for A's fans, I've been tugging around for decades. Now the owner is raising a few eyebrows in Vegas, too. They want to build a retractable roof stadium on just nine acres. I don't, uh, yeah. And the whole financing of the A's thing is is a little crazy. Uh, And I don't want to do a whole bunch of stadium talk here, but there's, you know, there was a, um, in talking about the A's stadium and, and the Rays, there was a graph that showed, the public money that was used to buy state to, to build stadiums over the last you know fifteen years ten fifteen years, you know it started fifteen years ago was still at like eighty five percent and now it's gone to like twenty three percent I think was was one of the, one of the later ones. I so the, the the public money for the brave stadium was like 58 percent um, but it's definitely trending more towards towards half and half as which which is what it should be here and which it, it may be in Vegas as well. Um, who do we have here? Nick. Is this a new Nick? New Nick? Is this new Nick? Yep. Oh, this is new Nick. Yeah, okay, good. Um, our new intern. It uh, looking like the A's management may screw up this move for the sake of news and laughs that will have to have a result. I hope they do fail. You hope they fail in their new stadium? I, I want to get them to Vegas so we can get <laughs> moving all, all the way around. Um, and that's one of the markets that will be taking up. Never know the um, Baker take us to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that's, that's, that's.
1: I love your optimism.
2: That's far-fetched, Bucks raise bolts. But, hey, listen, you know, nobody, nobody had the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year either. Did they? (laughs) Nope, they sure
1: didn't. I think I was close, but anyway.
2: Um, Were you? 80% of the people in Las Vegas don't favor the new spending bill that has to be passed by Monday when the legislature session ends, or else it's back to the drawing board. Yeah, you know the thing about that is uh, nobody cares what the people think anymore. <laughs> so it's just pretty much the corruption central anywhere you go. So if the if, if the right people get paid off, they'll get it done. Um, Richie P says, "Jokic is a beast." Shaq never gives flowers to big men. Uh, nothing personal. He is just doing what it was done to him by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He said he gave Jokic his flowers last night. Well, there you go. I think that's a good, that's a great comment, really.
1: Um, yeah, if you get endorsed by Shaq, yeah, who loves to not rip on the current NBA players for things, but he keeps it real. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but he definitely has given his flowers, and everybody's given their flowers to Nikola Jokic now. It's so funny to me. Everybody's given him his flowers, but
2: well, it just goes to show you that nobody pays attention to the
1: NBA <coughs> during the regular season. Oh, who, well, like no. Well, it goes, No, in my opinion, it goes to the networks. It's the networks' fault. That's true, too. The people that go on ESPN now and FS1 and all and try to, you know, give their flowers to Jokic, understand that you are the singular reason why that the Nuggets were not talked about at all through the regular season, even though they were the best team wire to wire. It's your fault. Yeah. It's still your fault because I'm pretty sure I still see segments talking about LeBron James. Yeah. And we're asking Mike Malone questions nine days after beating the Lakers about, or, or a series after beating the Lakers. He was still being asked questions about the Lakers, and he was like, "I'm done talking about them." Why, Why are we? But Nobody. that's what the media does. Yeah. And then they say, you know, what the, you know, what the the line they love to Most, use is mostly ESPN. They too. the line they love to use. Then the writers and the people that cover the league. Well, they're just not. A, they're just not a fun team to write about. That's the <laughs> line they use. Do some do some work. Do some work. I thought that was
2: your job. You know. Yeah. Do some work. Make it interesting. They're not fun to what, – what, what does that even mean, they're not fun to write about? Because they don't say stupid crap? Because they don't do stupid <laughs> stuff? So they're not they're not fun to write about? Uh. Okay. I guess if that's your definition <clears throat> of it, yeah. Um, Richie P. says that he don't have an answer for Aaron Gordon. That's
1: true. Yeah. Who would have who thought the magic Aaron Gordon would have gone Charles Barkley last night? Yeah. How about that? <clears throat> you know, everybody's say, bringing that out, by the way, that Aaron Gordon, like, oh, he – he, he, I think he even put a tweet about something, about situations and things like that, and it kind of was perceived as a shot at the Magic or for whatever. I'm here to tell you right now, I watched a lot of Magic games, and obviously because I'm a fan, Aaron Gordon was supposed to be the leader of that franchise, and they could not get out of, out of first gear with yeah. Aaron Gordon. Okay? He's a, what, fourth or fifth option? Yeah, it's easy to stand out when you're the fourth or fifth option, and you're not the focal point. On the Magic, we asked you to be the number one guy, and you were nowhere closer, bud. Yeah. You were nowhere, nowhere near that. So I know a lot of people are bringing that up all the time, but this is well, not that, anywhere near close to the situation that he had in I think it goes back to
2: Jokic, though. That's what makes I'm saying. everybody
1: better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, it's, it, but is Aaron Gordon not a good player? No, he's a very good player. <laughs> he's a, he's a good player. He's a very good player, but good. if used correctly, if used correctly and understands his role and stays within his role. Nuggets will sweep. Nah, the NBA won't let that happen. Be, it'll be a gentleman's sweep. it will be Nuggets in five. Um, I agree with you, Nick. Uh, Tatum is no superstar. He is at best Scotty Pippen-ish.
1: Um, I mean, it's hard to argue. They don't really have identical games. That's why it's hard to, for that comparison, I think you're just, for that comparison alone, it's hard to, because they just don't have identical games at all.
2: Is it fair to say that the the West is just so much better that the, Giving Boston all these flowers because what, what is the they've gone to this finals, what three times?
1: Boston, they've gone to the conference finals, what three or four times. Yeah. the past five, six with, years with this, with this group. Yeah,
2: and everybody's like, Well, they you know, you got to keep them together because they, they're, they're getting there. They're getting there. They might be getting there because the East is not that good.
1: I mean, who's been really good in the East? I mean, weren't the Knicks the five seed in, yeah, the, in the East? But they're in all respect to them with Jalen Brunson the Heat, as the best The He won
2: the East. Come on, without Tyler Hero.
1: And the Heat were down with two minutes left to go in the play-in game against Chicago. Yes. And this would have never even happened. So it tells me, you, know, you may be
2: looking at Boston and saying, well, look what they've done. I'm like, well, that's because everybody else has been terrible in the East for the most part over the last few years. Who's yeah. been good? You know, would you say this Miami Heat team is
1: great? No. Yeah, it's like if you put like, the, the Mavericks. You know, the Miami Heat
2: are here because they work harder and they got better coaching than the other teams. They're not nearly as talented as any of them, they're, and they're going to get embarrassed. In
1: well, this, we're on that we're on that track, aren't we? Right.
2: Yeah. Do you think John Morant's going to get suspended for a whole season? <clears throat> um,
1: I definitely want to talk about that later because I, I, I did. You see Silver's comments yesterday about that.
2: Well, I, I just saw that he <clears throat> said he's going to announce it after the NBA Finals, and he, that they found a lot more than they thought they would or something like that. There's a, there was a, Once investigated, there was a lot there, yeah. I think it was the actual quote. Yeah. I,
1: I got some comments on this whole timing of this. Um, it's interesting to me. Well, go ahead. Oh, you want me to do it now?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, don't want, I'm gonna come, I don't want to come back to the NBA because we've done no, like that's true. 30 minutes on it almost. That's true. We've got to wrap it up when yeah. we can.
1: <clears throat> no, I, I just think it's, it's kind of funny that he announces this before the final start because he doesn't want it to be a distraction if he announces it now. Like the league wants to focus on the games and the finals, but you basically aired out. Like he put out the best tease ever for this, so we all want to know. Okay, what's the punishment going to be? And I feel like by doing what he did, well, now I can't stop focusing on what's the that released me. That's just me. Like now I really want to know what the punishment is, and so I'm think now I'm automatically thinking about both. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, it's like when your girlfriend or your wife says, you know, I want. Uh, I won't tell you. <clears throat>
1: That's no, exactly no, no, no! You got to tell me. That's exactly what it is.
2: No, no, you got to. I'll tell you later. It's like no, just tell me now.
1: It's like just you didn't even need to. Con- In my opinion, you should have just left it alone and just come out with it after the finals. It would have been understood. But because he put it out there like right before tip off, yeah. Well, now I'm automatically thinking, okay, what's he going to do here? Right. And he sounds like he's going to lay the law down on this one. And he thought eight games was going to send a message, which clearly that didn't really. Is eight games really that deep? Honestly, no. Eight a games and spend a week in Florida at training or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of a joke. It's a sprained ankle. Like, this guy, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the whole season. Now, we have to see what this – we obviously don't know. And we're not going to know for the next two weeks what he found in this investigation. But the way he framed it, doesn't it sound like that they're going to be laying, throwing the book at John Moran? That's the way it kind of sounds like.
2: Yeah, it does. I don't think it'll be a whole season, though. I think it'll be half a season. Because in, oh, the even end, in the half
1: a season, that's very significant, yeah,
2: absolutely. well, they've got to send a message, you know it's it's uh, clearly he's not getting it and i and i I hate to say this, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. I think this is gonna end poorly. I think this this dude is just wired differently, and i i I just hate to say <laughs> it, I think it's just gonna and, and with the people that he hangs around with and continues to hang around with um
1: Well, he's 23 years old. It's like I'm trying to give, I'm trying to cut him some slack. But as you've mentioned, and other people have said it, we're on gun incident number seven. Yeah, and you're only 23. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it's not going to end. I've seen this story (laughs) many times, and it's not going to end well. And you know, and it's like I've said before, like with AB as well. You just hope he doesn't take a bunch of people with him. You know, Um, it's just it's gotten to that point. You just don't want to see tragedy. Um, But he's that the. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. If he hasn't gotten it by now, I don't think another half a season um, is going to help him. And that's so sad because he's such an unbelievable player to watch. Mm-hmm. He's so he's one of my favorite players to watch.
1: He's like this generation's like. He reminds me of, of Russell Westbrook, like in his prime.
2: Yeah, yeah. He really does. But with a better, uh, I, I, I think, I think he's a he has he has. He's better in the clutch, number one, and he's, i think—he's a better shooter than.
1: Yeah, and, but I, I think just in terms of like, like when Russell Westbrook was in OKC, athleticism. I was like, man, I'd pay a ticket to go watch yeah. him play.
2: Crazy athleticism and energy. Yeah. I mean, every night you're gonna get you're gonna get it all. Yeah, and it's a shame. It's a shame. Like I don't know, and it has nothing to do with money or situation or anything. It's just like the dude is wired differently, and he, you know, maybe just you know, there are some people that don't want to be in the spotlight and are forced into the spotlight. And they're just not um, equipped to handle it, and they do. They 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 have self-destructive behavior because you know Josh Freeman, in my opinion, was a guy like this. Had all the talent in the world, but you could just sense when you talked to him that he was trying to be somebody that he was not. He did wasn't he didn't want to be a superstar because he didn't want all the, the spotlight on him mm-hmm. because he was doing stuff that he would rather do in private. You know, when he was out hanging out with all the, you know, the, the those. <laughs> Those kind of people that uh, he didn't want people knowing that stuff. And so you do self-destructive things and and you piss away a great career. And that's sad, but, you know, it's their life and they can live it the way they want to live it. There'll be other basketball players and great players to come along that we should be talking about. Because John Moran at this point doesn't deserve the attention. So we'll see. All right. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to get into uh, some Bucks talk here, and Lucy, Luke Easterling of Athlon Sports is going to join us at eleven o'clock. He has penned an article why the Baker Brady um, Baker Bucks will be better than the Brady Bucks. And yes, uh, who's Jeremy Lowe. I will go in on t- TB twelve today. Whatever the hell that means. All uh, right. Thanks to Jeeves Law Group Bay Area Modern Medical Center for sponsoring us the first hour. Back in three. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life- Changer, You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at eight four four nine seven seven thirty four seventy seven, 977 3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's eight four four nine seven seven thirty four seventy seven 977 3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These Larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Twenty nine, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance. Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles, 877 652 Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audio, visual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well. Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off. They'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are are awesome coming back at you now. More with JP on stream Sports.
0: It's only just begun.
2: All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on this Football Friday. We can make it a Football Friday because we can talk about football anytime we damn well please, which is what we're gonna do. So yeah, it's Football Friday. I don't have to wait <laughs> till football season. Nobody's telling me when I can talk about
1: football. We're doing. Nobody's telling we're... you a damn thing to do. That's right. It's your show. It's
2: the JP Peterson show. That's right.
1: Isn't this though? Like the, this, this lasts like a hundred days. Isn't this like the hardest part to get through? Yeah, it summer, really
2: is. Summertime is. But I do enjoy the different sports that we do get to talk about because we don't. We don't talk about the NBA a lot. And I do love basketball. I've always loved basketball. It's my. It was my favorite <laughs> sport to play.
1: I'll say I've loved basketball more this year than I have in recent years. Why I've watched more this year than I have in recent years. Why. Because I love the fact that we're seeing a more balanced NBA, yeah. yes. and we're not seeing the super team era seems Is to over. be gone yes. because the teams that are trying to win that way aren't mm-hmm. winning anymore. Right, and I enjoy right. seeing a team like Denver and a team like Miami break through, and the
2: Warriors too. The Warriors have changed yeah. basketball, and I love the way they play. They're always a fun part. <laughs> and and now they're getting like a, a little tired to watch. So I like I like the Nuggets are my new Warriors. I love watching the Nuggets play. Love it. Love 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 love. Love watching the Nuggets play, so yeah, um, but it, it's, it, it's, I think it's nice that we get to talk about some other things, which we are going to talk about today. The FSU women's softball team, by the way, Kat Sandercock last night again with another shutout. As she they won win every to, game? Yeah, well, yeah, they hope so. Yeah, she can, <laughs> if she can. Crazy. Yeah, yeah they won 8-0 last night over Oklahoma State. It was a beatdown. It was a beatdown.
1: And run-rolled them. Yes, they did. Is that a run-roll? They run-rolled them, yeah. Did they? they? Well, they called it early, yeah. Well, I hope so. It's going mercy deep rule. into the
2: night. Mercy rule. Yeah, they had, to, they had two two weather delays on that one. So I was hoping to watch the whole game before the before the uh, the Nuggets yeah. game got going, but actually ended up watching it afterwards. So yeah. to, be all, al- to
1: be honest, softball is a sensitive subject for me today.
2: Oh, that's right. We had, did we have a little bit of a Billy Buckner <laughs> moment last night?
1: Uh, we had a couple. <laughs> uh, two? <clears throat> it's you had, hard to have two. You Remember how I told you? You only lose the game once. Remember how I told you? <clears throat> I think I said this the other day. Like when you're when you make a bad play or something, or you're struggling, the ball just seems to find you. Yeah. So I play second in softball most of the time. Everybody's hitting righty, and so everything's going the other way. Right. So for the most part, I just had to you know turn a few double plays or just whatever. That's it for the first two. You hide your worst (laughs) defender at second and right field. That's a way to put it. Yeah. So anyway, what happened this game? I had about six grounders come my way, Uh and these things were blistered, by the way. So first one comes, I make the play. Throw it to first, out. So I'm good. Right. Second one, it kind of goes to my backhand, and I hate backhands. Tough play. Goes off my glove and into the outfield, but it was hit really hard. Okay. Third one, routine grounder, get to my crouch position, right under the glove. And I just was like, sunk my head. And it allowed the inning to continue and the next guy hit a 3-run bomb. A 2-out error leading to a
2: 3-run bomb. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh. So now you're starting to get the side eye. Later in the game. Of, from a couple of your teammates that take it very seriously.
1: Later in the game. You know who you are. Here comes a chopper and it's a it's a hard chopper, right? And we talked about that. Those choppers are hard to play. Yeah. And it's on my backhand again and Ooh, I don't think play. I don't think I can get it with my backhand. Like it's like it's still like in the air kinda. So I stuck my right hand out to try to get it. Now, it was raining during the game. Uh-oh. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't raining, I'm palming that thing and getting the guy at second. I'm ca- I almost caught, I almost like picked it out of midair mm-hmm. with, the, with the bare hand, but I did not. But I knocked it down, whatever, but the runner was safe, obviously, because yeah. I didn't get it completely. So that's there. And then later in that inning, ground ball. We're still sh- in the same inning? Oh, this is the same inning oh now. Oh, my <clears> God. I, I just cannot make a play. Later in that inning, ground ball to short. I go to second to try to turn two. The process was perfect, right? Caught, step in front, throw to first, had plenty of time, and that doomed me. I tried to just lob one over there. Oh, yeah. And I... The decel. Right into the ground. The decel. It wasn't one of those that made it easy on my first baseman to pick. Mm -hmm. And the inning continued, and they (sighs) scored two more runs in the inning. Golly. So I single-handedly probably accounted for five runs against... And we lost fourteen to eleven. Wow! I had a bad, bad night in the infield.
2: How How were you received <laughs> by your teammates?
1: No, I mean everybody. I kind of just had this like look on my face, like, and I, I threw my glove against the fence when I got back. Like I was, I was just just standing there, with Decide my yourself. hand on my hips, and just like. But guys were coming up, and you know, you know, we're good, we're good, we're good. Because I, I mean, I contributed hitting. Yeah, I didn't have like a bad night at the at the dish or anything like that, but.
2: It's a bad feeling.
1: It was a bad feeling. A and the, bad, entire bad feeling. Home, the entire way home Entire I'm driving. And Casey and, and, and Riley come with me all the time now to the games. And she's like, did you enjoy that you got to play today? And I'm just sitting there driving the entire time. I'm like, I was mad. I was really mad with my performance yesterday. Not a great feeling.
2: Got to let it go, man. We got to let it go. Get to that first pitcher of beer, that first wing. It's after that. <clears throat> it's over. It's over. Softball, babe. We, we, are, move oh,
1: on. we are 0-3. Ooh!
2: Wow, my old man team could probably beat you guys. Yeah, I, ca- I can we're... rekindle. What if we? What if we do a special, a special three game series where I get the old the OGs together for one three game series and we play you guys.
1: You for probably the will beat us we, because can, you have. We, we can live You all have that dad. <laughs> you guys want to see that? You guys wanna all
2: live stream of the OGs <laughs> versus the.
1: The kids. Y'all have that dad strength, so you'll beat us. That's what we play. We played a bunch of team of dads yesterday. Oh, yeah. And they hit seven home runs.
2: Oh, yeah, baby. We got power. We come, we come loaded. I mean, and loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if it's a 9 o'clock game, we are loaded. So, yeah, that could be fun. We could raise money for charity. if <laughs> six people yeah. show up. But
1: we're 0-3, and we're in a relegation battle. That's how this works. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't finish in the top part of the league, you get bumped down to the league underneath. Oh, wow. So, not great.
2: No, not for it. You, know, you guys might might need to, uh, to. Will it get to the point where the general manager is starting to look for new talent?
1: <laughs> that, to, that gets awkward. We might have to start this with gets me. Gets awkward.
2: <laughs> First guy to go. <laughs> Richie P wants to see it. Richie P wants to see it. Um, all right, we're quickly coming up on Luke Easterling, so um, we could you know we could probably get him involved in this little exercise that we're doing. So, um, giving him a, an assignment. And maybe he'll write an article about this. So yesterday we were, we were talking a little bit about this. It's like where, if you're projecting, you know, where the Bucks go from here, what do they need to find? What have they, what, are, there, are there any bones right now on this team that you can project to future years and say this is what this team needs to win a Super Bowl? Um, do they have the head coach? Do they have the quarterback now? Blah, 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 blah. So I thought that would be a very interesting thing. We went kind of went through some of the the machinations yesterday, um, and, and maybe I, that, I kind of dove into it a little bit more. And I'll say this, you know, for the Bucks, I think I think they have some good bones, but I'm gonna say, I'm here to say that they are going to need some serendipity in the next couple of years in the draft in order for them to make it back to the Super Bowl. And I'll say, let's say th- in a three-year time, span, time, uh, time frame, what do you think that the Bucks do they have here now? I will say, first and foremost, I do not think Todd Bowles is the head coach that's going to get them there. Correct. Do I know who that next head coach is? No, I don't. Um, I don't know because the coaching market changes so quickly, you know, and, and, and people stand out and people fall on their face and et cetera, et cetera. But I think – I don't know who that coach is right now. I think it's going to be some
1: young, um, I upcoming do offensive coordinator. I would
2: agree with that. I, I, so, yeah, I'm going to uh, – I think <laughs> we will both say that the um, – the, what do we call this? The um, game plan to a Super Bowl. The battle plan. The yeah, battle plan, battle plan. Get, that's Pewter Report. So we'll, we'll go with game plan to the All Super right. Bowl.
1: We'll stay boring. <laughs> yeah, to Super
2: Bowl. If we come up with something better, <laughs> we will. Um, so I think the head coach is a yet-to-be-named young O.C., Um, Not in college. He is a young OC up and coming that is going to be uh, the next head coach. The quarterback. (laughs) Do we have the quarterback? No. I think there is a chance. And I'll put it at 15%. I'll put it. And and could it be, I'll throw this out, could Dave Canales. Because I think that guy is head coach material. I think he's he's got a charisma to him. He's got a a work ethic to him, an authenticity to him that is rare. But I don't know how good of an offensive mind he is or offensive coach. We'll see. But I, my first blush is like that he could be a future head coach and I don't know if he is our future head coach. You know, that's rare that you elevate a guy from an OC <coughs> position that then becomes Well, this franchise Super has Bowl done it
1: coach. has done it before. With Dirk Cutter, right? We didn't saw how work. that worked out. It
2: yeah, Didn't work out. Yeah, and I, I thought Dirk was going to be, I thought Dirk was going to be a good head coach.
1: Well, gave a, he gave us fools gold for a year.
2: Yeah, but, but he, and and this is a great human being, by the way, really really good dude. And I don't know if he would ever admit to this, but he seemed to become a little bit. The head coach pixie dust got to him. He changed the way. When he became the head coach, he started operating differently. He was very paranoid of the media. Suddenly. And I don't know – he was worried about stuff that was going on in the media and what was getting out in the media that you just – when you hear coaches start doing that, folks, they are focused on the wrong thing. They are completely focused. Go, great coaches don't care about that stuff. They don't give a rip because it's, it's a non-factor. Um, so it, that was weird. So I, I don't know I, – I don't think it's him, but it, but it might be him. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's going to be a young coordinator that comes in and gives a little juice to this team, kind of a Sean McVay type. That would be my guess. Um, and I, is, it, it's, I don't think it's Kyle Trask, but I think it could be Baker Mayfield. He's a number, one, he's a number one overall pick. <laughs> See, when everybody goes, ugh, like, I was watching some tape of him with the Rams last year. This dude has all the physical skills of many of the quarterbacks in this league that you would say could win a <laughs> Super Bowl. Many of them. And he's been with Cleveland, okay, which was a, a tire fire, and he still took them to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Carolina with Matt Rule. I mean, <laughs> you're going to say that was Baker Mayfield's fault. He finally got with a good coach in Sean McVay, and what happened? He, he had fourth quarter, two fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, a lot drives. of that situation. Oh, situational. Yeah. So I did this whole, you know, Baker Mayfield is a turd thing. I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not I, saying I he's think, that. I, just, I don't think he's had an op- I don't think he's had an opportunity. I just to think, show what he can do. I just
1: think he's a middle of the road. Just my opinion. I yeah. just I think he's a middle of the road quarterback. <clears throat> That's just me. Yeah, That's just me. I'll tell you this, and I've been saying this. I think the Bucks' best bet to get back into Super Bowl contention, playoff contention, year in and year out, is eventually they're going to have to find a quarterback in the draft, and they're going to have to hit on that. Yeah. So when you put this three- to four-year timeline together, <clears throat> I have to start looking in the college ranks. And not at the prospects that are coming out this year necessarily, because I just don't think the Bucks are going to be bad enough to get one of the top guys. Right. That's just me. Right. Two years after that, I will throw the name Arch Manning at you if he does what he's expected to do at Texas. I'll throw the Malachi Nelson out there if he's going to do what he's supposed to do at USC.
2: Yeah, these are all long shots. And and that, all, every every one of these quarterbacks is long shots. They're the long way. shots. I'm just because I'm just throwing out the guys. <laughs> only one guy wins it every year. And I'm it's just pa- throwing it's be out. Pat Mahomes every other year for the next five.
1: I know that. I'm just throwing out. I'm throwing out the top prospects right. that are just entering college yeah. Yeah. or entering college in the next year. You got to talk about the Riola kid who's going to Georgia, right? What about Michael Penix Jr.? Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I don't
2: think lefties. drafted drafted uh, drafted by the hometown team becomes a Super Bowl. Quarterback.
1: I I don't think left-handed quarterbacks, I I just can't get on board. Yeah. Can't get on board. No, I I think it's going to be in that timeline. I'm thinking in the next two drafts to three drafts, they're going to have to find a quarterback in the first round that they can get, one of those upper guys that comes out. I'm just throwing those three names. I have no idea how those guys are going to turn out in college, but we're all assuming that they're going to hit, right? It could be one of those guys. It could be another guy. Whatever it is, they have to get a quarterback in the draft, and they have to do something they've never done before as a franchise, and that is properly develop them yeah. and have them hit.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to ask. It's hard to do. It's hard to do in this league. So if you go through the rest of the league, and you could say there are some bones here. You know, they have two, what I would say, young corners, yeah. and Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis the third. These guys will have <laughs> to develop into ball hawks of some sort. Antoine Winfield, and it's going to have to develop into an all-pro safety. Because if you look he at the, you look at the Bucks Super Bowl teams, the two Super Bowl teams, both of them had, uh, if I did I'm remembering the numbers right, ten and eleven Pro Bowlers. So you got to get up to the, and I think to win a Super Bowl, and they're kind of you know what comes first, the the, the votes to the Pro Bowl or you know all-pro or winning, you know it's one of those chicken and egg things. But I think you do have to have 9 to 11, at least 9 to Calibre 11 players. players that are diff, what I would call the difference makers. Like, they're going to win 85% of their matchups on the field. They're going to win, they're going to get a plus grade <laughs> 85%, you know, 75 to 85% of the time. Who are those guys on this team right now? Right, okay, Vita Vea, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and to me, in my game plan, Kalija Jekansi has to become a pro bowler. Correct. He has to become... Aaron Donald, like, okay, Winfield has to become those. Those two corners have to be more ball hawks. They've got to take the ball away. Now, well, the one thing we're really missing right now is that edge rusher. because Shaq Barrett could be that guy this year, but he's 30 years old. Yeah, He's not going to be part of this game plan when we win the Super yeah. Bowl. I don't think he could be, but that's a, that's a I, bit I of a could, stretch. I
1: could tell you the players that won't be around by the time we get to this point, if we get to this point. <clears throat> Shaq's one of them. Yeah, Levante David's in one of them. Obviously. Mike Evans is one of them, most likely, and Ryan Jensen.
2: Yeah, Mike Evans would still have to be great at thirty-four. So for, he could be. He could be a role player. I would argue.
1: Team. I would argue that four of the the core kind of twelve guys you have on this team right now will not be a part of the next great Bucks team. Right. I will go on the hunch to say that. I would agree. Right now. Yeah. But even on you flip over to the offensive side. Rashad White, we think, has to be, could be in there. Has
2: to be in the next five years. Has to be a top five to seven producing running yeah. back in the, in, the, in the receiving and ground game. Worfs Wirf, yes. is there. Wirfs is there.
1: Depending on if Chris Godwin looks like the old Chris Godwin, throw him in there.
2: He's going to be a key factor. He would have to be a key factor.
1: And then they've invested a lot in this offensive line, especially at the guard position. Mm-hmm. And get a key, Cody Mauck. Some of these guys, preferably you want both to hit. Yep. But even if you get one to hit, that'd Hainsey. be that'd Hainsey's be perfect. Throw Hainsy in there. Yep. <clears throat> that's kind of the things that I think it's contingent on. And by right
2: the now. way, we're not saying these things are going to happen. We're saying that these is what has to happen. And you start you start saying to yourself, "Wow, that's a lot." Yeah. It's a lot. It is, and it is a lot. And they have to hit on some guys in the third to fifth to sixth <laughs> round. Like, and and could could Trey Palmer be a guy that ascends to be a number one? Receiver,
1: uh, it's a long shot. It's a long it's a shot. round pick,
2: but he could be a guy that you know is a deep threat and could get you eight hundred to eleven hundred yards. He's got, they're going to need to find one, and have they found it? Is, is Dennis going to become a great player? And you know, do the do the Bucks end up trading Devin White for a second and fourth round pick? Servassier dennis coming in and playing really well at that position and then them turning that second-round pick into another really good player. These are the things that have to happen for you to win a Super Bowl. It's so freaking hard, but you've got to have those middle-round guys that become really good players. Yaya Diaby. Yaya Diaby is going to need to become that guy coming off the edge because we don't have anybody. I'm telling you, JTS is not the guy. He's not the guy. I don't think so. And I'm not saying Yaya Diaby is. I will say this. He's got the frame to be Mm -hmm. and the athleticism to be. He does. So that's something that he does have that could turn him into a dominant outside pass rusher, especially with the two interior guys you have. So that's something that needs to happen. Is it going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Yeah, so I think uh, on both sides of the ball, that's (laughs) where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. Those are a lot of things that have to happen, and there's probably three or four guys that are still in college that the Bucks are going to have to draft that are going to have to become Pro Bowlers or be one of those special guys that we
1: don't have now. <clears throat> and will even Jason like be the GM? I don't know. That's I would argue, I would argue, he's been here now for what a decade.
2: Yeah, almost, I'd, I'd, yeah.
1: I'd already argue he's reached a a part that most GMs don't get a decade. Most GMs don't, yeah. so fair question there.
2: Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, Luke Easterling is going to join us from Athlon Sports. He's covered the Bucs uh, for a long time, so we will chat with him. He put it, penned an article today about how Baker's Bucks can be better than Brady's Bucks, and uh, we wholeheartedly agree. So we will chat with him when we come back right here on the J.P. Peterson Show. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the mortgage guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813 294-7595. 294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at AMSTampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now.
0: Back to the show with J.P. on on Fan's Dream Sports.
2: right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson show here on this Football Friday. We are so dubbing it because we miss football so much that we could just do it because we can. Uh, We're brought to you by the Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, and Extravaganza Productions. If you have a... Uh, A charity event coming up or a meeting and you need some um, AV equipment, you need it all set up with sound and lights and all that good stuff or just want to make it really crazy fun. The folks at Extravaganza Productions, uh, Paul Thomason and his group over there, do an amazing job. They have a warehouse full of props that you cannot believe from uh, a Game of Thrones throne to huge palm trees, whatever you need. You want to make your party special, your meeting special or just make it super, super professional, they are the folks to do it. I've worked with them on many big projects, the Warrior Games, uh, the Propadel League uh, inaugural season that we're doing right now, and they are just simply the the gold standard. But they do small events, they do big events. So if you're thinking about that, go to extravaganzaproductions.com, extravaganzaproductions.com, and tell them JP sent you. All right, uh, let's bring in from Athlon Sports, uh, longtime uh Journalist covering the Buccaneers and many other teams in the NFL. Luke Easterling joining us here. What's up, Luke? How are you, my friend?
0: Doing great, JP. How are you guys today?
2: We are great. Um, uh, Nick uh, saw your article, and I've I've read it as well on um, why. Let me get the title here uh, perfectly because I'm looking at it. Why Baker Mayfield's Bucks can be better than Tom Brady's. This is something that you know we have been talking about. Uh, for a, for a few months now, and I think you encapsulated it beautifully in your article. So why don't you just tell our audience how you see this? Because it's obviously not the national narrative that <laughs> that we're seeing at all.
0: Right, right. It's not. And and if you look at some of the replies to the you know to that article when it goes out, you can tell who who lives in the in the theoretical, you know, world of the NFL and, and the Bucks and just, you know, looking at big names and, and trying to connect dots. And who actually watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play football last year? Exactly. Um, because that was a painful experience uh, for those of us who watched this yes. team closely and followed those teams closely. And you guys know, we know what pain is. We know what pain <laughs> is with this franchise. We know what bad football looks like. Um, and I, And I made the argument on multiple occasions last year that, that that last year's team was more difficult to watch and more disappointing than going 0 and 26. And and I know a lot of old school people will 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 throw the book at me for that. But an expansion team is supposed to suck, right? That team last year was not supposed to be as bad as they were. And I think when you when you think about the expectations and the amount of talent they had, even with all the other factors that I'll get into in a second. It, there's still way too much talent on that team to be that bad. And it was so every week to, to know that you were the better team on paper so many times last season and to watch the product in real time on, on the field and how bad it was, how disjointed it was, particularly on offense. That was worse to me than, than losing 26 games in a row. Cause that team was supposed to be bad. You're supposed to be bad for a yeah. while when you first start. And, and I think that, that was why it was so hard to watch that team. And, and so, you know, if, if you just automatically see right away, oh, you know, and I know that's what the national media is doing. Oh, subtract Tom Brady, exactly. You know, replace with Baker Mayfield, team automatically gets worse. It's just it's a lot more compli- complicated than that. So it, when you dig into it, and, and like you said, I get into this deeply in the article. I kind of broke it into three three primary reasons why I think the Bucks can be a better football team with Baker Mayfield a quarterback this year than Tom Brady. And, and, and a lot of it has very little to do with those two guys. You know what I mean? It, exactly. It, it's the fact that, first of all, obviously there was health and injuries. You know, all the injury luck that the Bucks had in 2020 on their Super Bowl run was was, was the, the other side of that karma coin, whatever you want to call it, yep. um, came, came back to bite him in the ass this time. So, you know, it was, it was a tough year in terms of key injuries from the very beginning, starting with Ryan Jensen. You're missing Shaq Barrett for most of the season. the top pass rusher and so many different things. So many so many key guys missed more than one game here and there and sometimes together and sometimes in the same unit. I know the secondary struggled with that. The offensive line struggled with that because um, they didn't just lose Jensen. They lost Aaron Finney in the preseason. You know, there, there's right. so many different things that contributed to it health-wise.
2: And they started Luke Gedicke at left guard, which was also a –
0: yeah, you know, I mean, and that was just that was just a weird decision that I know. I, I'm pretty sure if they could go back and, and, and do that differently, they definitely would. Yep. Um, but the, you know, the other thing was it's it complementary football, you know, and and and, and this go the, these two things go together. The biggest problem with last year's team was the offensive philosophy, the offensive scheme. And and I see a comment here about, about Brady getting kind of, kind of not not being a fan of Arians. I disagree with that. I don't think it was Arians, and I don't think it was personal. I think Tom Brady got frustrated with an offensive philosophy and a scheme that refused to adapt, refused to innovate. Those injuries I just mentioned, those offensive line injuries happened before the regular season. Yeah. You lost Jensen in training camp, and you lost Stinney in the preseason. And the fact that that offense never, over 18 weeks, figured out a way to change what they were doing to account for the fact that you don't have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL anymore and to to basically just expect your 45-year-old quarterback to drop back and throw the ball 40, 50 times a game and and that that was going to be effective and okay. It just didn't. It, that's what I think Brady became frustrated with, and rightly so. And which is why Byron Leftwich got fired. And I, I'm a huge Byron Leftwich fan. I wanted it to work. I rooted for him. I wanted him to to be successful. I wanted him to be a head coach. I wanted him to go to Jacksonville. I thought right. that would be a great fit. Right. At the end of the day, it was again. It was just an offense that refused to to put players in positions to be successful because it it, it just a it banked on them just winning matchups we're just going to out-talent you we're just going to be better than you everybody's going to win their one-on-ones we're going to be able to protect for 10 seconds and we'll just we'll just let brady throw the ball over the place and and when that didn't happen changes did not happen they didn't change the play calling they didn't use pre-snap motion they were one of the most effective teams in the nfl in play action and used it it. one of the least like the numbers just didn't match up so it's just it was so frustrating to watch so In terms of projecting why this team can be better in the future, it's because now you have an offense. Now you have an offensive scheme that is the complete opposite. We go from vertical heavy to horizontal heavy, where you're going to stretch teams with with play action, with boots, with zone runs, with crossers, with with pre-snap motion to get defenders displaced at the snap. There's so many different things that again i i i I hate saying things like this in the season because every everybody who's not a coach wants to think they can be and i and right. I completely understand that, but there were so many things that were really obvious and seemed really simple that when the bucks did them, rarely they worked yeah, and you just wonder why they didn't keep doing them so it's, it's just one of those things where I think the changes schematically on offense philosophically on offense are going to be such a breath of fresh air again' going to make going to make the offensive players' job so much easier yeah. instead of putting so much pressure on Brady, so much pressure on these guys to win their matchups, it's gonna be a lot easier for them to be schemed open to the point where it, it's just gonna it's just gonna be refreshing, I think, for a lot of Bucks fans. And again, anybody who reads that article and thinks, oh, you know, there's no way you can be better with Baker Mayfield instead of Tom Brady, it's why this game is such a great team sport. Exactly. because I think those those big picture and holistic changes that are going to happen on that side of the ball, and that's the third point I brought up in the article is it affected the defense in such a bad way last year. And I thought the, Cowboy, the Cowboys game was the perfect cherry on top of that because go back and look at the first two drives of that Cowboys game, and the Bucks defense was here to play. The Bucks defense came to play playoff football that night, and when they saw two – Starting possessions from their offense that were absolute hot garbage, like they had been for ninety percent of the season, and they saw that that again at the biggest stage and the biggest moment that they showed up and and that offense didn't. They they lost it. They lost all the mojo. They lost all the 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 energy and the momentum and the the fire that they brought. And that's when the defense started to falter when they saw that they brought their game and the offense didn't. That's that was the whole season. It was like that. So I think. Balancing the offense, staying on the field, having some sustained drives with the, with this new offensive scheme is going to do wonders for the defense. And and I think we're just going to see a much more complete, much more fresh, and and, and much more innovative team in in every way this season.
1: And you're right. We spent so much time talking about the quarterbacks and and all those things and Brady to Mayfield, but where do you think kind of the the running game kind of factors in this? Because we saw it last year when they ran the ball mm-hmm. and they committed to it and I think that's what Canales said, it's like it's not that they didn't run the ball, they just they didn't commit to it and when they ran for over 100 yards last year more than often not, they picked up a W so where do you think that fits into what they're going to want to do, and, and Rashad White obviously, uh, can he be a special player, like a lot of people think he has the potential to be
0: uh, I definitely think Rashad can be a special player, I, I think that, you know, even in, a, in an era of the where the franchise cor- running back right the, the featured back is kind of a dying breed, um Actions speak louder than words. Look at what the Bucks didn't do this offseason. What did the Bucks not do? They did not invest premium resources in, a run, in the running back position. That tells me that, that they think Rashad White is the guy, and they're going to treat him as the guy until further notice. They didn't draft a running back at all, <laughs> not even in the, on day three. You know what I mean? So they brought in Chase Edmonds to, to be kind of the, the backup change of pace guy, the cheap veteran guy. They still got Keyshawn Vaughn. I think Sean Tucker is the second-best running back on this team already. The undrafted free agent of a huge fan of him coming out of Syracuse. Huh. Uh, I know he's got a little bit of a heart issue that I think they're trying to make sure is going to be okay so that he can be healthy and safe on the field. Um, but but I think they have enough depth-wise, and, and all of those actions say, hey, Rashad White is the guy. He's going to get 20, 25 touches a game. We understand he can play on all three downs, and we're going to take advantage of that. Um, and also, and I know canalis was asked about this at the intro presser, he was... He was on the other sideline in Munich when when Rashad White had that breakout performance against right. the Seahawks. So I think he saw firsthand, hey, this this guy's going to do well in my system. I'm going to put him in position to, to 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 be a featured back and to make the most of those skill sets. But but like you said, it's it's more philosophical. And, and you mentioned Pewter Report earlier, and obviously Scott has said a lot of things and said them through the season about what was going on behind the scenes, right? philosophically between todd and byron and in maybe even harold goodwin and some of the other guys on the staff mm-hmm. that didn't understand why the running game was not invested in why the running game was not prioritized why the running game was not was completely given up on on so many occasions early in games and and i think that's what led to the the biggest part of the disconnect on the sideline was i think between a defensive coach a defensive head coach and a, and a and a set of defensive coaches that were frustrated with the fact that their team is their units going on the field over and over and over and over again because they can't sustain drives because teams are just sitting back and knowing they're probably just going to sling the ball all day long. And we're just going to sit back and wait for these same boring vertical routes and com- curls and comebacks over and over and over again and sitting on stuff. And that's what they did. And, and again, to, to kind of piggyback off of, to- of Scott's reporting he said, basically, even Her- Harold Goodwin and some of the other offensive coaches are like, "Hey, run the damn ball! Right? Let, let's let's at least <laughs> yes. try to put in some of these basic concepts that are that are going to work." And I think Rick Stroud at the Tampa Bay Times alluded to this as well that there was a there was just a disconnect philosophically with why aren't we even trying to do this? Mm-hmm. And I think that was the big the big thing that led to the change on offense is that we've got to be of one mind. We've got to try to balance this and and at least try to stay committed to it to the point where we don't. Hang our offense out to dry in the passing game because they're just sitting on that stuff. And hang our defense out to dry because there's so many three and outs. There's so many quick three and outs because you're throwing the ball. You're not even exactly. taking time off the clock. Right. Uh, and I think that was, again, a big philosophical disconnect that hopefully will be mended with, with kind of the complete 180 that they're doing scheme-wise on offense.
2: Luke Easterling joining us here from Athlon
0: Sports, and it, you know, Luke, it's it's
2: funny. I agree with everything you said. It's why I keep just nodding my head. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All of this stuff is it's stuff that we've talked about, and I love the fact that the national narrative is what it is, and that's fine. Let them think that way. It doesn't it doesn't win any games uh, for you anyway, or lose any games. What the national media thinks, but there's it, something I like to call Dallas to Dallas when I look back at this season. And this mm-hmm. is the reason I'm asking it is because this is why. I fear – I think this roster is good enough to win nine, ten games. The coaching staff scares the hell out of me um, because you look at that team that took on Dallas in week one. They kicked their ass. It wasn't even yeah. close. It wasn't – I was at that game. That was an ass-whooping. Up and down. And the Bucks ran the football. They threw the football. They played great defense. They got turnover. They did everything they needed to knock Dak out of the game. They were, they were fantastic. That was the team that we saw in 2021. And then that team at the end of the year, Dallas to Dallas, was a shell. And it wasn't just because, you know, Shaq, uh, Shaq was out and they lost a couple people. I get it. Uh, you know, Ryan Jensen didn't play in that first game either, right? Um, so Dallas to Dallas, this team got worse all season long. Everything they did, they got worse because what happens during an NFL season? People get tape on you. They see what you're doing. And if you're not reinventing yourself or, you know, and, and – and, thinking one step ahead of everybody else. They know what you're going to do. We're going to do this. This is the way good coaching staffs work throughout the league. They get better as the year goes on. And this staff did not. This staff was outcoached, I think, every game I ever saw after the Dallas game, to be quite honest, except maybe Seattle. And it's, and that's concerning to me. I love Todd Bowles as a human being, but clearly there was a lack of accountability. Uh, players you know, kept making the same mistakes over and over again. So what is your take on this coaching staff? And obviously there's a lot of new new blood on the offensive side, but the defensive side is, is pretty much the same. So where do you come down on this coaching staff?
0: Yeah, I, I think the jury's still out, right? I think that what, what what I'm hoping to find out this season is that the biggest problems were on offense and that we can actually see a, right. a, a Todd Bowles defense that can get back to somewhere closer to, to what they were in 2020. But as a head coach, I think – you know unfortunately and again same thing with left which i'm pulling for todd i'm rooting for todd i want him to be successful and you guys know this I'm, I'm from this area this is yeah. my team I, I want them to i want them to win games but the you know the realist in me and in, in, in the results that we've seen on the field going back to the jets days and obviously they're mitigating circumstances there as well yeah. uh, you know with the quarterback situations that he dealt with but when you look at todd's game day decision-making, you know, the, the the crunch time decisions. Go back to the timeout usage and the clock management. Yes. In so many of these games, Cleveland stands out to me yep. right away. You know, they don't lose that game. I, I don't think if, 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 the, if the head coach doesn't kind of fumble the bag in terms of those decisions. Agreed. And so that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that maybe if the offense gets its its you-know-what together this season and balances things out, maybe takes some pressure off of the defense and off of what he's doing, Maybe he can finally turn that corner. The, the problem is, at this point, we've got so many seasons now. We've got, you know, his time in New York and a and season in, in the Bucks system, where the same problems continue to happen with that that game day management. So I'm, 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 I don't know. I try to be cautiously optimistic that he can turn it around and that he can be the guy. Um, but I'll have to I'll have to see it to believe it at exactly. this point. Um, I'm just hoping that the changes on offense can 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 uh, can mitigate some of that and maybe can free Todd up to, to make better decisions. And maybe it maybe it comes down to having somebody else in, in on the headset, somebody else who, who can help do make those decisions and do those types, especially if Todd's gonna stay on the on the headset as the as the, the defensive play caller delegate you know go talk to jason light about how much better he got at his job because he learned how to delegate to people who do other things well he'll talk about that all day long maybe this is an opportunity for todd to do that if he wants to keep the play calling duties he's got to find a way to still be better at the ceo level stuff he's got to be better at the at the big picture stuff that a head coach has, has got to get right because all the other stuff doesn't matter if in the in the clutch critical moments clock management, timeout management, decision-making, play-calling, all of those things come down to to snap decisions. He's got to be able to win in those moments, and he just hasn't done it yet.
1: And and when you look at his unit, I know you mentioned that a lot of it came down to the fact that the offense just couldn't do their part, and the defense was getting worn down, and they had to keep going back out there over and over, and I understand all that, but I I still thought the defense last year, honestly, were a bit bit opposers, to be honest, because I thought when they got in the big games, and more often than not, against the really good teams – they kind of just disappeared, and we had we saw the same kind of mental mistakes early in the season. We saw late in the season, and Todd Bowles, you know, saying that these were day one installs with the secondary, uh, with the, the lapses in coverage and things like that. Uh, where do you think, in particular, for this defense, which I think if they're going to be a team that can compete for a playoff spot, the defense is probably going to have to lead the way and get back to what they were. Uh, The two years prior. So, where do you see them making the most improvement? Is it the two corners that have to figure out a way to pick off the ball more? Is it Winfield moving back to his natural spot? How do you see that shaking out?
0: Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's a team sport, and and all of those levels of a defense have to work in tandem, right? We talk about you know the chicken and the egg situation about coverage versus pass rush. That that debate doesn't matter to me. You've got to do it all. You've got to start closest to the ball which means they got you got to stop the run you got to get after the passer if you can't do those things nothing else that happens in the back seven is going to matter so if if you're rushing the passer and you're, you're defending the run well that allows your linebackers to move freely you to freeze them up to make tackles now when those opportunities happen you can't miss tackles you've got to do your job at that point because the, the guys in front of you have done yours and again back back four it's the same thing back five whatever your, your secondary when they get their opportunities because their teammates are doing their job you can't, you can't just get your hands on the ball. You've got to pick it off. You can't just pick it off. You've got to take it for six. You've got to make the most of every opportunity. And, and I guess what I'll say for this defense going in this year is, is, especially if we see the offensive improvements that we're hoping and expecting, no more excuses. This is it. This is Pod this is Bowles and this defense's last opportunity with no excuse for why they should be unsuccessful because they've had way too much time in this defense. Go look at, this, at the starting group that we're expecting to see from this group, and there's so many guys that have been in this defense for three or four seasons that I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear all oh, this is day one install. For some of these guys, it's day one install from four years ago. So I don't want to hear the mental lapses in coverage. I don't want to hear the technique problems and the tackles. This is all very basic, fundamental stuff that for guys that have been in the same scheme for three or four years, is, there's no excuse for those, for those mistakes anymore. And so it it really is put-up-or-shut-up time on that side of the ball. Again, especially if we see the offensive improvements, the defense has got to be closer to the the playoff 2020 defense over the entire regular season. Because even for much of that season, they weren't that unit yet, right? They really turned it on in that postseason. So, uh, again, this is the put-up-or-shut-up season for Todd Bowles as a head coach. I think it's that way for his, his unit on that side of the ball. Um, just, just no more excuses. They've got to get the job done.
2: Yeah, and they, they've invested heavily in that defense, and they they have to produce. Um, all right, Luke. Last thing, uh, we'll get you out of here on this, and you could take a, sh- a a quick stab at this question, or maybe you can go back in the lab, and it might be something you want to develop a, a full piece on. Because I'd love to get to uh, your long form take on this. So we're doing something we call the Super Bowl game plan. Uh, for the Bucks, in other words, we're looking at the bones of this team right now. What's available? What they have here? What they've done in this draft? And projecting, you know, two, three, four years down the road, if they're going to get back to the Super Bowl, how do they do it? And are there pieces here that are, that that they can lead that way? Um, you know, w- w- I talked about Khalid has to become uh, a Pro Bowl player, and he and Vita Vea have to be a great tandem moving forward. Rashad White has to be a top five to seven. Producing running back in this league, um, I don 't necessarily think they have their head coach yet or their or their quarterback yet that's going to be that guy three, four years down the line. So if you were going to look at the bones of this team, what we have now, the pieces, and like I said, you know, some of these fifth-rounders have to hit. Some of these sixth-rounders have to hit. Trey Palmer may have to become a very integral part. Is he able to do that? Is Servassier Dennis a guy that's going to take over in the middle and be a Pro Bowl performer? Because it's my feeling that to be a, win a Super Bowl, you've got to have at least 9, 10, 11 guys that were our, what I call our Pro Bowl players or plus players where they're winning seventy five to eighty percent of their reps against their competition. So with all that said, do you think that the Bucks have some, some good bones to this team right now where they could be back in the Super Bowl in say three, four years?
0: I do. I do think the Bones are there at certain positions. Some of those are premium positions. Obviously, the first name that jumps out to me is Tristan Wurst. The second one is Antoine Winfield Jr. I think those two guys, and and I think we'll see that soon with financial rewards. Right. I think both of those guys are going to get very nice, very well-deserved long-term contract extensions, and I think Vita's already there. He's under contract through 2026 with a nice new deal. Uh, that's looking more economical by the day as yeah, we see yeah. some of these other nose tackles yeah. sign their extensions. Um, but I think I think those three guys, you know, you're getting into the 26, 27 year old range. I think Chris Godwin, obviously, as if he's back to full strength, yep. I think he's he's in that that batch as well. You know, I think the tough part is that what this team is going to need to get back there, and obviously the two most important things you already mentioned. We don't know if the head coach is, is there. We don't know if the quarterback is there. So without those two things being right. kind of <laughs> right. concrete, right. You, the, the, the rest of it might not matter, and we've seen that play out so many times throughout the league. But, but I think the big one for me outside of those two things is, is the leadership and experience that this team is likely to lose over the next two to three seasons, you're talking about Levante David, you're talking about Mike Evans, maybe. Yep. I know he's still only 29. He's been on this team for a decade now, but he was drafted when he was 20 years old. So he's 29. I mean, he might still be playing on yeah. this team. And I think yeah. that would be critical and key to have experience and leadership in that locker room because honestly, I, I say, I still don't think Bucks fans, it, maybe some Bucks fans do, but I, I don't think enough Bucks fans appreciate what that locker room lost in terms of veteran experience and leadership with the loss of Rob Gronkowski, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominican Sue, Those three guys in particular not being in that locker room, not being on that sideline, I think had a lot Great to point. do with the, the massive drop-off that we saw overall from this team. And, and, and I just don't think that gets enough credit, to be honest. So I, I, I think moving it. forward, if you're talking about a team that's got to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to lose some of that that they still have and they're going to have to replace that in, in big ways. And, and some of that's hard to replicate because Mike and Levante have been here forever. They have been d- embedded in this franchise. That stuff doesn't just you know materialize out of thin air over two or three seasons. So it, they're going to have to have guys that have been in that locker room for a while that step up and become those leaders. They're going to have to find the quarterback. They're going to have to find the head coach. I honestly think the Rashad White thing, and I love Rashad White, I think that's kind of a cherry on top. That's like an icing on the cake kind of thing. I don't even think he needs to be a top five running back for them to get back to the Super Bowl. I think he can be, and I think it would definitely be helpful, but I think if you do a lot of other things, you can get by with, with a little bit less at that position if you have, and I think Seattle's a great example. They've done it with different guys. Chris Carson was a yeah. sixth round pick, yeah. seventh round pick and became a guy that can be effective. If you can find that. Obviously, I hope he becomes that guy because it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, there's some really nice bones here. Again, without the head coach being a sure thing, without the quarterback being a sure thing, it's, it's still a shot in the dark. Exactly. And I, I do think that the, the attrition on the back end of the, uh, the age part of the roster, the experience, and, and I, think, I think Bucks fans might find out how spoiled we have been with guys like Levante David on defense and Mike Evans on offense, who have lifelong, career-long captains and leaders and superstars in this league to kind of lead that locker room. Those guys don't grow on trees. It doesn't happen very often that you have one guy on either side of the ball that can kind of be pillars of an entire era, and that's going to be really hard to replicate.
2: Agreed. Uh, great stuff, Luke. Uh, I think we're all in the same wavelength here, so go check out uh, his, his latest uh, article there on Athlon Sports and uh, give, give the folks all the places they can find you and where, what content you got going on.
0: Yeah, um, uh, again, AthlonSports.com. You can find all our stuff. Um, I'm on social media on Twitter, at Luke Easterling, and then at AthlonSports if you want to just catch all our stuff. We've got a lot of great – I know you guys were talking NBA earlier. we got a lot of great NBA stuff on, on Athlon right now because I know that's what uh, is buzzing for a lot of people. Uh, but we still got a lot of great analysis and off-season stuff for the NFL. Um so yeah, we're we're trying to catch all the sports there. There's, it's underrated sports time right now. We got the yeah. the, the playoffs in multiple sports. The, the World Series is happening. in College. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, so we're trying to hit on all of it over there at Athlon for you guys. Good stuff, my man. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Take care.
2: Yeah, there's. I'm. We're we're totally on the same wavelength here with Luke, and um, and it just it just goes to show you. Again, we're not saying the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl because you don't have the two most important pieces. Right now, and that's head coach and quarterback.
1: I think I've mentioned this before, like the most important positions, the premium positions that you need to have in order to be one of the top teams in the NFL. The Bucks have questions, I'd argue, at every single one of them, and that's, you throw head coach in there, right? Andy Reid, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes. You throw quarterback in there in particular. Mm-hmm. You, you, I thought I was going to have to say left tackle, but we're assuming Tristan Wurfs is going to move over there and it's going to be a seamless transition. We're not betting against him, right? Right. Edge rusher is a massive question mark for me because I don't know what we're getting out of Shaq Barrett, and I have a lot of uncertainties in the three guys behind him in uh, Joe Tranchoenka, Diaby, and Anthony Nelson, right? Yeah. And then in the back end, impact corners, you have two really good cover corners, like two of the best in the league. But they're not ball hawks. Right. So are they really in the upper echelon of cornerbacks in the NFL? I'd argue not, even mm-hmm. though they're paid like it. So that's kind of when you look at it like that. I'm not saying it's grim by any means because there's still good players there. It's just not the top of the top that I think you need to become that team.
2: When you, when you look at the past Super Bowl champions, right, you go, okay, so quarterback, head coach, Mahomes, Andy Reid. Um, two of the what, Two of the last four years, right? In between that, Sean McVay, young hot coordinator mm-hmm. coming up. What was said that his fourth year as a head coach that he mm-hmm. won it. And where did they go get their quarterback? Matthew Stafford. <laughs> they went and got him. So you know it doesn't necessarily have to be someone you draft. Yeah. You know you
1: yeah. could. And you the know, other team, the other team that you can mention in there did the same thing. Joe Burrow.
2: But they they drafted.
1: Well, I was going or, to say the the Brady Arians, obviously. Yeah,
2: Brady Arians, exactly. That's that's following that same model, and then. But you look at. I also like to look at the losers in the Super Bowl because sometimes they're just a couple plays away from being Super Bowl champions, and we we change the whole narrative. But you look at Cincinnati; they draft a quarterback and Joe Burrow who was phenomenal, and they get a young up and coming uh, coach, yeah. a young coordinator. <laughs> that's why I think this is that might be. The way the Bucks go, and who's that quarterback? Who could that quarterback be? Is it a free agent that comes over, Baker Mayfield? I don't know. You know, I'm not saying Matthew Stafford put up a lot of big numbers in this league, but he was always considered what? Not a winner, right? That was my that was my take on Matthew Stafford. I didn't think he was a great enough leader. But he, when you get a coach that's that's charismatic that can beat that can fill that void, and you got a defensive leader like Aaron Donald, you know, good things come together. So it, it's, a lot of people can say, ah, Baker Mayfield's never going to do it. Uh, you're probably right, because most quarterbacks don't. They, you, they, if I'm betting, will Baker Mayfield ever win a Super Bowl? I'm going to bet no 10 times out of 10, just because of the probability of it. But to say he can't do it would be to say, well, you know, everybody <laughs> has said Jalen Hurts would never be, make it to a yeah, Super
1: Bowl. Yeah, but even read off, like go beyond the last four years. Like Read off the list of quarterbacks for those teams that have won.
2: Okay, so Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, uh, Nick Foles.
1: (laughs) Sticks out like crazy, doesn't it? Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. One Super Bowl. But with a tremendously talented roster.
2: Nine to 11 minimum. And a a quarterback
1: who got hot at the right time. Right. Right. I, I I almost throw that one out. Real, it's an outlier. I just throw it. I almost throw it out because I don't know if that's happening. But that's. Yet.
2: But that's. You know, if everybody. You know, everybody that's saying Baker Mayfield never win a Super Bowl. Did anybody say Nick Foles is ever going to win a Super Bowl?
1: No, but I, I don't. Say that? As much as I like the Bucks roster, yeah, more so oh, than others. Close. It's not. It's not Philly <laughs> uh, twenty seventeen. Not, not even close. And then before that, the year was Brady. Yeah. And then.
2: Denver, Carolina, that was the Denver defense. Denver is the
1: other outlier because the Denver roster was tremendously talented right. and carried the quarterback. But I think, in general, looking at just the last four or five years and where the league is, because the league has changed so much in the past decade, you see the quarterbacks that exist right now in the league, those are the guys that are dominating uh, right now the conference championship games. I mean, look at this past year. Yeah. It seems like there's always one outlier of a team that can get there without high-level quarterback play, and that's San Francisco at the moment. Right. Right? And then you sprinkle around Jalen Hurts, but if Joe Burrow, you Luro, look at Garoppolo's
2: numbers, well, I mean, there are games where he <laughs> threw the ball, you know, fourteen times. Correct. Yeah. In, in the playoffs, so yeah, yeah. It's it's an it, it's not there's not one formula, but the, the thing that is ever present is head
1: coach, quarterback. The thing that helps them is they are in the NFC, and like I said yesterday, I don't know who the second best quarterback is in the NFC. I don't know how many teams the NFC have. The quarterback-coach connection that you truly need to win a Super Bowl. So I'd argue, I think, for the next years until the NFC figures something out and we get some more quarterback talent. I mean, three of the top four that just went in this draft, they all went over to the AFC. Well, who
2: who would stick out right now in the NFC? You're not going to name them. The coach-quarterback combination that's second best. What is it? It's McVay and Stafford.
1: Yeah, Stafford but the, the, is healthy. The problem is that the roster has just been gutted. gutted. So they're in nowhere near to compete right now. Right. So I don't know because why?
2: F the draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, it all <laughs> eventually it all catches
1: up to you. Right. Injuries kind of exactly. killed them as well last Sour year. Salary
2: cap crushes you because you're f the draft picks.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Outside yeah. of Philly, and again, San Francisco. The Rams
2: could bounce back, maybe. Bounce but back. but
1: outside of Philly and San Francisco, because their roster is just so so talented. I don't see another team. I think the NFC is so easy to predict right now. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other team in the NFC that has it in them to make a run. And that maybe helps the Bucks out there's, here there's in the next There's another team years. that you don't
2: want to mention.
1: What's that team? It's Dallas. I've seen... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> You got a coach, nobody, head coach. Nobody wants it. I feel like Mike McCarthy's job status just is on a game to game, game to game basis. It feels them, like during the regular season, and them ditching Zach's Kellen not Moore, a Super Bowl them
2: ditching Kellen Moore instead of elevating him to the head coach, well, oh. was the dumbest thing they could have done. But that's so Jera, it's so Jera. Let's put more on Mike McCarthy to help us win, What? Huh? Like that's the dumbest thing ever. Why would you do that? Because you're Jera, Jera. Yeah, I just uh, I, that that move to me still just doesn't make any sense
1: whatsoever. I a lot of Dallas fans wanted that. it though. Uh, you're scoring I mean, 40 I don't claim, a game. I don't claim to watch every <laughs> Dallas game, but I'm just you look at the box scores all the time, and you're like, oh, the offense looks okay to me yeah, of what's going yeah, on here. Fine. But it's fine. Yeah, I don't right. know. I but that, that come on that team. Have you seen you've seen it the last twenty five years, and I know it's unfair to Dallas to compare them. This team to the ones that have fell before now listen but this ro- current very, this current iteration of them has failed,
2: their roster is good enough to do it, but see all the other stuff that r- around it makes you crazy
1: there 's too much noise
2: makes you crazy yeah it's, it's, there 's just always always noise around it so but but again, you know who is that young up and coming coordinator um, that the bucks find, or is there it, you know it
1: changes year to year it, was Byron Lefwich not seen as the up and coming coordinator this time last year? And yeah, everybody was shouting at the top of their lungs. How's he not I a never. head coach? How's he not a head coach? Well, we watched it. <clears throat> I watched
2: it. Did we did. I ever believe that the, this offense was good because Byron <laughs> Leftwich was making the play calls? No, 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 ever, ever. Even when they were going to the Super Bowl, did it? Was I? Were we like, oh, it's Byron Leftwich that's driving this offense, not Tom Brady or Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. We never saw that.
1: But that's how quick it changes, though. Where right. a year later, Byron Leftwich is, that's is national, out of the job. But
2: that's national narratives, which, as we have said many, many times, lack a lot of uh, detailed look. And, and I get it, because you can't, you can't cover 32 teams. You just can't. Yeah. People from the national, it's very hard.
1: And, and, and also to a lot of these offensive you know, hot shots that get their opportunity... Is it a given that they're always going to oh, pan God, out? No. Uh, oh, God, no. I, I mean, look at the guys. The majority of them fail. Look at the guys who come through Kansas City all the time and are tied to Andy Reid. And Matt Nagy, how'd that one go? Yeah. Right? Adam Gase, how'd that one go? The uh, enemy's not a head coach, but we're going to see what he's really made of in Washington this year as mm-hmm. the OC. Right. It's, sometimes it's just not that simple.
2: Yeah. Um, but, I, again, you know, I'm not saying that the Bucks can't do it, but they've got a lot of work to do. To get back to the Super Bowl right now, they've got a lot of key things that they need to identify. There's some good bones here, but it's it's nothing until until I see this draft class. This draft class has a chance to be special. I just see a lot of really hidden talents in there at this draft class, um, and and that's what you got to have a draft class. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna win a Super Bowl, you can always go back. Look, you go back to the Bucks draft class. That, that got them works and Anton Winfield. Mm-hmm. You know, that was huge. That was a huge draft class that, that put them over the top and, to and win the, a Super Bowl. And the Bowl. one
1: in 18 kind of gave them the pieces. Yes. By absolutely. the time we got to that year, they were in year three, all yep. of them, and they were all regular contributors.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know this draft class, if they're going to do it, you're going to look back at this draft class and say, wow, we got. remember we got five starters and two pro bowlers in there? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's going to have to happen. Is it going to happen? Chances are no. No. But there's, you know, there's a little bit of something there. I do think, I think Cancy can be an outstanding player in this league. And I think Diaby has a chance to be <laughs> a really good player. Um, long way to go, but he's got the physical tools. Yeah, they,
1: they've given themselves a chance because they've drafted a lot of athletes. And, in Cervasi, this class and, and had quality
2: speed. people, too. And Servassier Dennis has a chance to be a really good, you know, I, I don't want to go Sam Mills because he's a Hall of Famer, but a really good long-term I put I put him in a Levante category.
1: Oh, so you're 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 banking on his name carrying him all the way through. I hope so. Let's be honest. I hope so. With a name like that, you can't fail. We will.
2: we want we want him to be here around, around for eleven, twelve years. <laughs> all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and get to a couple other things, um, there's some college football related news from the SEC. Um, a lot of talk about the portal right now. Yep. We have a Taylor Swift story that we have to. Yeah
1: pass on. Unfortunately, we have to pass it on. <laughs> pass it on. Yeah. I wonder if
2: Aaron Rodgers is associated with this in any way. Oh my goodness. He's he, Perfect. His dancing at the taylor <laughs> concert was mm. outstanding. And we'll
1: also set up the Rays as well. Four yes. games set against Boston.
2: Glass now going tonight. Stay with us. ...coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813 813 813 that's Fitz the mortgage guy lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place you need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal that's my man Scott he's done three loans for me done thousands of loans for local folks here works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area he's the guy 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com during COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan if you have been notified you are losing your coverage don't freak out it's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act just call 877-652-0244 our representatives will walk you through the whole process get some basic information on your income number of kids and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs in fact with the new laws ninety percent of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877 652 Get real health insurance. Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles, 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audio, visual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well. Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with J.P.
2: All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. We are brought to you by the great folks at Italiano Insurance. If you are looking to find cheaper homeowners insurance, I know it's expensive, but you might as well let them shop it around for you. Because, you know, if you've stayed with the same insurance company for a long time, they tick it up every year, a little bit here, a little bit there. So you never know what other companies are charging. So just let them do the work for you, 813-877-7799. Or go to italianoinsurance.com. A real human being will answer the phone and tell them you want to shop around your homeowner's insurance. Make sure you're getting all the, um, the the discounts that you deserve, things that you've done with your house in terms of security systems. Uh, cages for your pool. Any upgrades you've made to your home, you can save money on your homeowner's insurance if you notify them. So there's a lot there. Uh, just give them a call, and they can do all your insurance too. They can shop your homeowner's insurance, your auto insurance, life insurance, any insurance, uh, disabilities, uh, business insurance. Let them shop it all and see how much they can save you. Eight one three eight seven seven seventy seven ninety nine. Wanted to get into a couple comments here. Uh, to, to, what else? Um, uh, maybe we'll not get into all that stuff. We'll, yeah, we'll just move on from the Buck stuff, and we'll talk about uh, some of the other stuff that's going on. Uh, FSU women last night behind uh, Kat Sandercock again win 8 nothing at the College World Series, so they advance out of their first game, which 90% of the champions win their first game at the College World Series. It's almost impossible to come back through the uh, losers bracket, although it's been done a couple times in the last few years, it's a really, really tough task. And FSU, I think they were the number two seed out there, so they're they're very much in the hunt to, to win a national championship. The Gators just won a national championship in golf, uh, beat FSU in the semifinals. By the way, you might say FSU choked that one away if you were watching any of that. <laughs> but give give the Gators. Uh, their their, uh, uh, their applause. No question about that. So, a lot of national champions being won in
1: the in the state of Florida. And the uh, NHL uh, starts tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Stanley Cup final. Which uh, the the national media has dumped all over this one too. Yeah. <clears throat> this matchup because Vegas and Florida or Miami. I mean, this is not these are not national markets for the hockey, for uh, for the NHL. So. I think
2: it's going to be a fun series. to But watch.
1: I think it's very intriguing. Yeah. Vegas has been that kind of wire to wire team in the in the West that I don't think it's enough pub maybe is the word I'm looking for. I feel like as for a one seed in the west, they feel like they've gone kind of kind of un untalked about it if if that's possible. And then you have Florida with Matt Kachuk and the run that they're on, great story there. Bobrovsky and Net. Uh, we're looking at Jonathan Marchiso obviously from yeah. from a former Lightning standpoint and Gudis as well. Uh two guys who got their at their start in the league here. Carter Verhege. Carter Verhege, so yeah. some Lightning influence there. We got our Panthers caps on, our proverbial ones, obviously. Do we?
2: I know Ashley's a big <coughs> Vegas fan, so that's gross of the city can't, itself. So now she's like a, a Golden Knights. I, fan. I
1: can't, I can't give any of my, no. my fandom to anything in Las Vegas. I just can't. I'll stick with the team that's that's kind of local.
2: I, I think I'm gonna be rooting for the Panthers. I think I am gonna be rooting for the Panthers for, for the most part. I don't I have a little soft spot for Vegas. I don't know. I don't know why. I kind of I kinda, you know they're they're a very kind of a little bit of like up and coming Lightning <laughs> franchise. So I see a little bit of us
1: in them. And I just they, I, they've, I'm just genetically They've been the most successful pre, franchise. predisposed
2: to hate the Panthers.
1: Yeah. They, they've been the most successful franchise other than the Lightning since yeah. they entered the league. Yes. So they've been kicking at it for a while now. So right,
2: we'll, we'll see. And we got game 2 of the uh, Finals coming up on Sunday evening, which I don't think is going to be much different. Is
1: that what are, we're doing now, the two days off in between? That's
2: a lot. Oh, they are dragging the for it like that. Yeah, they're just dragging it, eat up everything they can that the NFL doesn't eat up. Oh, so
1: Really doesn't want to announce that John Morant suspension. I guess Damn it, not. Man. It's, going to,
2: it's going to leak out, though. You know it's going to leak out during it. You watch. All right, so the Rays are up in Boston. Boston, they got Glass now going tonight against Garrett Whitlock, who just came off the I.L., He's had one start, gave up one run in five innings pitch for Garrett Whitlock. So, the Rays, you know, again, at 40 and, what, 18? Mm -hmm. They're still, they have the best record in baseball, but why do I just feel like it's just every game and every series is kind of big here? Because, you know, here's Boston. They're two games over five they They're not a bad
1: baseball team. They're playing at home. Have not been playing well, though. Yeah. Three and seven in the last ten coming in.
2: Okay. So, in glass now... I'm just, that's why I'm tuning in tonight. I want to see what he's got. You know, his second start, his first one was pretty good. I thought his first start was good. What do you have, eight strikeouts? In eight
1: strikeouts, four innings.
2: Yeah. So, not terrible. So, I'm interested to see what he looks like in his first road start. Um, and hopefully the Rays get the bats going because Chicago was awful silent. Awful silent for the most part.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think they will come alive uh, in this series. They come alive for the bottom. I mean, again, remember what Boston is, JP? Tell us what they are. They're a bitch. They are. They are, bitch, Especially, and, and the ha- state of Florida's bitch. They, they've been that at home for the Rays where they've won like 12 or 13 in a row, I think, against the Red Sox at home, something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah. But now they've got to go on the road in Fenway, four-game series. Reminder again, the doubleheader tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Is <clears> that, that on
2: Bally's tomorrow, too? I, Both
1: believe, games? I believe so, yeah.
2: It's on Bally's tonight, so I'm back to, back to spectrum, so I don't have to go from – because last night I could actually go back and forth from ESPN yeah. – to the finals, to the finals game on ABC, and watch the the Knowles and them. So that was and, so much easier. And
1: the other thing too with the with the Rays, and this is all of baseball, by the way. And I don't know if you're into this much, but All Star voting opened up uh, a couple days ago. Saw that. I've already started putting my ballots in and constructing it. Now I'm not one of those fans that's going to go and just spam Rays players every position, right? Mm-hmm. I try to do it straight up, and I think I'm uh, even being objective. I got Wander Franco and I got Yandy Diaz. Wander's in there, obviously at shortstop. Yandi is on the ballot for first base. I think both of those guys, I, I think they have a strong chance to hopefully be starters. Yeah, but Rizzo is going to get
2: the, most of the votes at first. And Rizzo,
1: honestly, when I look at the first baseman in the AL, because they put the numbers right there next to it, the only guy that even comes close to Yandi's numbers is Rizzo. Yeah. And we know how Yankees fans are probably going to spam that. Mm-hmm. So it could be a scenario, but Wander Franco deserves it. He leads all of Major League Baseball in war. By the way, I think he's at like a 3.5, 3.5 war already. Who is? Wander Franco. Is he really? Leads all of Did baseball. His defensive metrics have been outstanding. Don't be surprised if he wins a gold glove this year wow. for what he's done. Well, yeah, that wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock what me. What about a Rosarena? <clears throat> yeah, I think he's got a good shot. I mean, a Rosarena, I think, is the most well known player on the Rays because of the World ba- Baseball Classic. <laughs> he might get the international yeah. vote, uh, absolutely. So I think he'd have a shot. Um, Just looking at all-stars, I think you throw those three in there, should be locks. McClanahan, I think you've got four all-stars right there that should be locks. Would you agree? Yeah,
2: yeah. McClanahan (laughs) should get to start again. Second straight year, he should be starting the all-star game, which puts him in very, very elite
1: company. Elite
2: company, absolutely.
1: And the other one that I think is deserving of being an all-star, although I think that he might get shortchanged, is Josh Lowe i look at, again, I looked at the outfield kind of competition there. I I was trying to find a way not to put him in the starters, honestly. Right. Because his numbers are there. They are. They're absolutely there. But he's one of those guys where he, unfortunately, he doesn't play every day. He's almost like a platoon guy that the Rays kind of use. He doesn't really uh, play much against lefties. And I know that all-star voters, and they kind of look at those things. They want to see everyday players in there, but his numbers are there. And I think it'd be really cool if he's the fifth all-star. But I think right now you've got four and maybe a fifth with him.
2: I can't. I, I, going back to 08, how many all-stars did we have? I think we had <laughs> maybe four?
1: 09 is the year the Rays had the most. Longo, Pena, They had Longo, Shields. No, it was Longo, Pena. Uh, Carl Crawford, Crawford was there. That was the year that Ben Zobrist hit like yeah. twenty-eight home runs. I want to say is yeah. what it was, and yeah. he was in there. And there was one more that I'm, I know I'm missing right now. The Price, Shields. It might have been. It might have been Price. It might have been Shield. I know it's. It's one of those pitchers I Maybe think had reliever. gotten in. Yeah. But I know they had five that year in two thousand nine.
2: So go vote. Vote early and often. Uh, this election, you're actually allowed to vote more time. Uh, Dalvin Cook could become a free agent today. Uh, the report is that he wants to play for either Miami, his hometown team, or the Buffalo Bills. With his brother. With his yeah,
1: that'd be a cool story. Not the Bucs? You don't want to come play for the Bucs? <coughs> we want to re- we want to write that ship from 2017. And we should have taken him then. I begged you. I begged you to take him then.
2: You. St- who did we take? We took um, OJ Howard. OJ Howard. Jimmy Christmas. <laughs> kidding me. And we still could have jumped up and got him in the second round. We didn't do that
1: either. No, we did not. No, we did not. But knuckleheads. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be moved, though.
2: Yep, because um, they got to go pay Justin Jefferson and, and a few more guys. So, yeah, that's definitely happening.
1: Um, i got to get to the Taylor Swift story. He yeah, so this, it. yeah. It's the end of the show, so let's bring it up.
2: <clears throat> this is unbelievable. Actually,
1: it's not unbelievable. It's, it's totally believable, honestly, for you knuckleheads out there that have put this girl... On, on a pedestal as, like, the greatest artist of all time, including you over there. But I'm talking to you as well. I didn't
2: say she was the you're, greatest artist. I just said uh, like, I like her music. You're you swifty. It's in a the...
1: connection for me and my daughter. You are... Uh, that's Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'll ease off then. Yeah, come on. <coughs> trash that, jerk. I'll just trash my own wife then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the lengths that she'll go through to see Taylor Swift in concert. Yeah. But sh- these people, these people... <laughs> Yeah, you got people literally now the Swifties that are wearing adult diapers. Adult the, diapers. Adult diapers to the concert because they're so concerned with missing a song and they don't want to get up out of their seat and miss anything. Not one song. Not one song. Have to be there. I'm the here to tell time. you. I went to
2: the concert. There's plenty of those songs that you can go use the bathroom. I'll even say that. But they're wearing adult underwear. So 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 they're going to piss themselves. <laughs> So they can hear champagne problems.
1: Apparently, yeah.
2: Ladies and the picture of these ladies that are doing it, holding the diapers. I'm like, they're. I mean, they they seem to be well to do. Well, you have to be well to do in some and to get aspects those To get those tickets. <laughs> so these are women that would normally not, I would say, piss themselves, that are going to put on a diaper and consciously go to the bathroom on themselves, so they don't miss hours. <laughs> what is wrong with you people?
1: What is wrong with you people? It's literally a TikTok trend. I'm reading the article here. It's a TikTok trend of these girls like showing themselves like putting on the, the adult diapers for whatever reason. You people, you'll do anything for a TikTok.
2: By the way, those aren't real likes, people. <laughs> They're not real likes. You're not getting a million likes for that.
1: Well, if you're in need of an algorithm, if you're in need of it here, the article tells you you can get an 18 count for 29.99 on Amazon and get eight. plenty of adult diapers.
2: Remember the lady that was so obsessed with her astronaut boyfriend that she drove from Houston to Cape Canaveral, didn't stop, and wore adult diapers the whole way because she didn't <laughs> want to stop because she was thought it was like cheating on cheating on her. So, yeah, true story. Look it up. Drove across country. With, didn't, want to, didn't want to stop. So, but adult diapers and pissed herself away.
1: <laughs> I just don't understand. Like You would admit, like even like, who's your favorite artist of all time?
2: By the way, I don't, I don't hear any men doing this, by the
1: no, way. No, uh, please. <laughs> no, but cheers to though, Who's your favorite artist of all time? Well, it used to be Springsteen <laughs> for many years. So I'll say, yeah, Springsteen yeah, for <clears throat> the most part. Okay, and what percentage of songs do you, does he have out that you'd say you don't like?
2: Oh, God, anything after <laughs> 1982.